What's up, guys? Max, you're back with a brand new episode of the Scuttlebutt Show, and I have a great big one for you guys today. We have crazy stories out of the Army, out of the Marine Corps, out of the Navy, and it's not every day we get something totally major, just a nuclear drop from the Space Force. We're going to talk about an upcoming video game and a brand new movie, kind of from another country. We're going to react to the trailer. We're going to check it all out. I hope everyone's doing great out there, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope you're having a great day. Harry Lime Pie and Eviana checking in the chat early. Thank you, guys, and it's great to see you. And anybody else out there who's checking in, let me know. Let me know you're out there. And you can always reach out to me at the Scuttlebutt Show at gmail.com. If you listen on the podcast or on social media, go ahead, get in touch. Let me know what you think. Today is going to be just one of those days. There's a couple crazy stories out of the Army, which... It's uh, instead of uh, easing up on the army after the last couple weeks, we're going to double down because not like I ever go easy with these army news stories, but with the secretary of the army coming out a couple weeks ago and saying that the true problem with the army is not the problems with the army. It's the fact that people know about it. I feel like it's my duty now to uh, to double, triple, quadruple down on these issues like, uh, you know, crime gangs, drugs, deaths, and so much more, including living conditions. And we're going to talk about that today, too. We're going to talk about all of that. Harry Lime Pie is loving the new intro to the show, which if you guys have not checked out, make sure you tune into the live show to see. And I spent a little bit of time working on that, and I'm glad that it's working because there was some glitchiness with it. A lot of big stuff going on with the Scuttlebutt show in general, and uh, and I can't wait. I really cannot wait. Cannot wait for you guys to find out more information about it. All right, so let's not let's not you know waste any more time. Let's jump right into what is going to be today's first, uh, unfortunately, Groundhog Day type story in the show. Mystery mounting: Army paratrooper shot dead outside his apartment near Fort Bragg. Oh my goodness gracious! A Fort Bragg paratrooper was found dead with multiple gunshot wounds outside his Fayetteville, North Carolina apartment. Sergeant Nicholas Bobo, who's pictured here was pronounced dead on the scene September 13th after one neighbor attempted to perform first aid. He is survived by his wife, a daughter, and parents. So he's a, got a family, shot dead outside of his home. A neighbor, Gabriel Gage, tried to perform CPR and first aid, saying as he was trying to do first aid and he called 911, they told him to get on his back. He was trying to do everything that he could, but it didn't work. So they were trying to save his life, but he was shot, uh, mortally wounded. Bobo joined the Army in 2018 and was stationed in Fort Bragg since 2019. He was an automated logistical specialist, so a supply person for the 407th Brigade Support Battalion. There's some photos and videos from the crime scene. Police responded to a neighbor's 911 call. That's what uh, triggered them to know that there was a shooting that had happened. During the investigation, Bobo was pronounced dead at 11 p.m., 2300 military time. Officials say Bobo's death was not a random shooting and that the paratrooper's car had been stolen. So what could it be? Um, I'm not sure what that means. The fact that it was not random. Was his gang activity? Was he targeted for some reason? Was he on somebody's bad side? Was he doing something shady on the side? We'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say that uh, he was he was targeted for some reason. Maybe somebody wanted his car. Maybe he had a nice car. He was originally from Cordova, Tennessee. He had received numerous decorations and awards during his four-year stint in the Army. He got the Good Conduct Medal, which means he managed to at least not get caught while he was in the Army. National Defense Medal, GWAT Service Medal, Army Service Ribbon, Parachutist Badge, and the Driver Mechanic Badge. 
Gage said that that's the neighbor that tried to perform CPR on him, said that they're now afraid to live in the neighborhood following the shooting, and uh, they might consider moving. So the Army CID has joined the PD in investigating this death. But that's just one of the things out there. That's just one of the things. Let's let's talk about some st statistics here. Recent four deaths at Fort Bragg. April 29th, Specialist Luis Herrera, vehicle incident. June 19th, Sergeant Michael Daniel Hagen, uh, struck by a car. July 13th, Staff Sergeant Keith Wright, shot and killed. Since 2020, Fort Bragg has reported these other deaths and statistics. You ready for this? 41 suicides, 14 drug overdoses, 12 murdered or charged with murder, five shot to death, one soldier beheaded. And we've been talking about that. You don't want a beheaded statistic on there. That's not good. Try to avoid getting beheaded as one of the stats for your, uh, your, your, your troops. That's what's going on just at Fort Bragg, just there alone. So that's a total of 55, 67, 73, 73 troops since 2020 at Fort Bragg alone have died from either suicide, drug overdoses, murder, or beheading which is in murder as well. Murder, including shootings, uh, stabbings, and beheadings. So what is going on? What do you guys think? Is is any is there any explanation for that? Is that recruiting? Is that leadership? Is that culture? Is that lack of battle? What in the, I mean, what could that possibly be? I don't, I don't even know an answer. I mean, it's got to be a combination of recruiting, standards, and leadership. Um, I, I, it's it's un, it's unbel it's unthinkable. 73 73 deaths that did not have to happen like that. That should have been completely avoidable at one base. That's pretty shocking. So let me know what you guys think about that in the comments. I'm really curious. 73 73 troops died unnaturally shot, stabbed, murdered, drug overdose, self-harm. On Fort Bragg alone, one beheaded. We're following along with that, waiting to see uh, something, waiting to see something um, out of that, some kind of explanation, which we currently don't have anything. Um, we'll see. We will see as time goes on, I guess, but um, I really cannot, I cannot uh, explain it. I don't have any, I don't have any explanation for that, um, I guess. Harry Lime Pie gifting a membership out there. Thank you very much for the support. It is great. I would rather I would rather see a membership than a super chat most of the time, just because I like to grow the the community, the sense of community that we have out here. If you guys want to be a part of the of the club, if you want to be a member of this channel, click that join button and be part of it. Be part of the Scuttlebutt Show team, so you can learn all of the chaos that's happening around the deck plates, including in the veteran community. We've got a we've got a pretty startling story from a Marine Corps veteran right here. Former Marine sentenced for cyber stalking young women in sextortion campaign. You got busted and called out by the news here. A California man was sentenced Thursday to five years in prison for cyber stalking multiple young women in a sextortion campaign while he was an active duty member of the United States Marine Corps. Sick. The U.S. Department of Justice reports that 26-year-old Yohao Miguel Chivari, also known as Michael Frito or just going by Frito, stalked and sent anonymous threatening communications to numerous victims from May 
2019 to February 2021. So for about two years, most of that during the pandemic there. Authorities said Shivari, a Torrance, California resident who used the nickname Frito, contacted victims on social media like Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, you know, the likes of those. He would comment on a user's appearance like, hey, baby, you look hot. And then suggest a relationship in which he would pay them for for explicit photos of themselves. So he would find women online, go, "Hey, I like you. You're 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 a looker. You're you got the goods." And he would say, "I'll tell you what. I'll give you a hundred bucks. I'll give you two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks for a nudie." And then they would say, "Wow, two hundred bucks for a nudie? I could use two hundred bucks. I just got laid off and from my job because of the pandemic. Here, I'll I'll do that." Then, if they sent him. The nudie or other material like that, he would then say, well, now, now you pay me or I'm going to post this. Now I've got this material on you. So now you pay me or do whatever I want or else I'm going to post this on the web, uh, like a revenge content type thing or a basically what they said was sextortion using their personal adult material that they sent him in exchange for money. And then he said, I'll leak it. I'll leak it to the public. I'll show your family and friends unless you uh, do what I want. And if somebody refused or stopped communicating with him, he would harass, threaten, and then extort more from them. And he did this to numerous people. So he would say he was going to publish the photos and videos on pornography websites or to their family, friends, and employers. He was ordered to pay $15,000 in fines and serve three years of supervised release. It is... uh, a combination of the investigation from the FBI Los Angeles Long Beach Resident Agency with the assistance from the Naval Criminal Investigative Service that helped them eventually catch this guy and uh, and find out what was going on. But that is a truly, truly, truly horrible thing to do to somebody. Go on there, you know, sweet talk them, get them to send you stuff, and then threaten to send it to their family and friends and loved ones and all that stuff in exchange for uh, for some cash. And... And then they would uh, comply because nobody wants that, right? Nobody wants that. So what a sicko. What a horrible thing to do. And he was an active duty Marine. So that is not really uh, in accordance with the core values of honor, courage, commitment. Um, And now he's going to pay the price and he's going to be a criminal for the rest of his life. Not good. So please, you know, be careful out there. Don't be sending things. Don't be sending things to uh, to strangers over the internet. I, you know, I, I'm surprised that uh, that that is still a um, a thing that we have to talk about. I'm really surprised that in 2022, people are still sending strangers their nudies um, for ten bucks or something like that. Um, it, it seems like you should you should. Uh, you, I, I guess I picture these types of online scams as, and we talk about in the show sometimes, as like targeting the elderly, targeting the mentally vulnerable. But I guess young people are mentally vulnerable too. You can easily convince them online, but somebody can go on there and pretend to be a totally different person. We should know that. MTV has a show called Catfish. It's all about that. Don't, don't trust strangers online. The temptation is there if you're lonely if you're sad, if you're seeking something that you're not getting somewhere else, the internet can be a place that you find it, but you can get burned just like those people did with that creepo Frito. Anybody who goes by Frito is a creep. That's a weird nickname. Don't don't be a Frito. You don't want to be a Frito. What is this? The, the Godfather? 
Frito? So was that his name? Frito? Let me know. If, if it was Frito Corleone, right? Wasn't it something like that? Let me know. Somebody correct me in the comments if it wasn't Frito Corleone. Something like that. Fredo? Fredo? Alfredo? Chicken Alfredo? Something like that. Sam says, LOL, Fredo. Same thing. Same thing. Fritos are not just chips anymore. Ironically, this guy chose to name himself Frito when now he is locked up Oh, he, he was Frito. Now he's locked up Oh, Let's do that. Let's go with that. I'm bringing it back around. I'm saving myself. It's not Frito. It should be locked up Oh, That's it. Just like our next subject of uh, the next story that I have here. Let's talk about it. Man sent to prison after faking injuries to get $265,000 in benefits from the U.S. Veterans Affairs from the VA, making him today's scuttlebutt show clown of the day. A military veteran who claimed he lost the use of his legs and left hand to obtain benefits from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs has been sentenced to five years in prison on fraud charges. Five years in prison, folks. The government said that Joseph Gray, Joey Gray, not the gray man in this case, though, 53 years old of Lawton, was seen walking, even carrying a heavy bag of cat food on his shoulder. We know how heavy those bags of animal food can get on his shoulder and using his left hand. We're going to show you photos of that here in a second. He was convicted by a U.S. district court uh, jury of conspiracy to defraud the government, make a false statement, theft of government funds. And uh, and more. He was sentenced this week by Chief District Judge Robert Yonker Jonker to five years in prison in order to pay two hundred and sixty four thousand dollars in restitution. But not only that, his wife also Paula Gray Paula just Paula's out there behaving badly was also convicted of conspiracy to defraud the government because she was his alibi on all this. The charges relating to twenty four thousand dollars in benefits received between twenty fifteen and twenty nineteen. But the government said the Grays were responsible for over 264000 in losses dating back to 2004. So this has been going on for a really long time. This is 20 years. So you think you're safe out there scamming for 20 years. No, you're not, my friends. No, you're not. The government said the husband received benefits intended for veterans who cannot work or care for themselves even at home because of service-related disabilities. That is uh, for severely, severely disabled veterans because Paula also claimed to be a caretaker. But right here, you see a photo of this man who said he couldn't walk, who went to the VA in a wheelchair carrying out this heavy bag of animal food, cat food out of the store. He uh, was initially denied benefits intended for those that are 100% disabled, but then he, uh, he kept working the system. He received a notice of what limitations he would need to obtain benefits. So he, he tried to get his 100%, right? Which is typical. Then he didn't get it, but they told him you would get it if you did this. And he goes, Oh, great. I am that. I just all of a sudden cannot feel my feet. I can't feel my feet when I'm with you and I'm lying like that. That's what he said. So he appealed because he said he lost the use of his legs and left hand and couldn't stand up. In October, 2017, he showed up in a, in a wheelchair at Battle Creek VA medical center, the coolest level in halo and he said he had not walked in 10 years, which should have been easily disprovable because if somebody hadn't walked in 10 years, their legs would be completely atrophied. But I guess the doctors can't take five seconds to give him an exam or like a reflex test or something like that. Minutes later, he was walking into a restaurant and holding leftovers in his hand on the way out. Federal investigators followed Greg because they suspected he had been scamming the system. Tisk, tisk, tisk. 
His acquaintances told investigators they had not seen Gray in a wheelchair except for his VA appointments. During trial, the judge determined that Gray perjured himself by falsely blaming his medication for causing him to lie about being unable to walk. What a psychopath. I, I, I'm sorry I concocted this complex scheme to defraud the government. What happened was I was on Motrin. Yonker told Gray that he deserved a prison sentence for the lengthy fraud and his lies to the VA. His wife said he she could not work because she had to care for her husband. So she was in on this too. Here he is walking out with something in his left hand, texting on his phone. His wife said that she they needed even additional benefits because she was a full-time caretaker because she couldn't get a job. It, it, she needed to be at home with him all the time. The couple, the couple raised four children. They separated in 2020. She had no previous criminal record and was described by others as kind, caring, compassionate. But we all know that that all goes out the window when some money's on the line. The attorney said that the attorney for Gray, for Joey Gray, said that he was in the Gulf War and sustained life-changing injuries, including a shoulder injury from falling down in Saudi Arabia. I don't know if it was off his magic carpet, which is basically his wheelchair, but whatever it was, he uh, he needed you know permanent disability after that because of a TBI and his PTSD. Yeah, except he had none of those. Um, well, he didn't have them to the extent that he claimed, at least. He said he had Lyme disease, surgeries, loss of use of limbs, spinal issues, chronic pain, and mental health issues. Mental health issues, maybe, but uh, I don't know about the rest. So the attorney for the U.S. said that Joey Gray lied on the witness stand, accused Gray of spending $164,000 on home improvements, including an underground pool. So that is certainly not something you want to be going to hang out in if you're crippled. If you need, you really don't need an underground pool if you if you need require a full-time caretaker just to survive. It says here, misrepresenting symptoms to the VA to fraudulently obtain benefits takes resources from deserving veterans and will not be tolerated. And that's great. Go get him. Here he is in a wheelchair going to the VA appointment. And there he is minutes later getting into the same yellow FJ Cruiser or whatever that is with uh, his takeout because he, there was really nothing wrong with him. Let me know what you guys think about that stolen Valor case in the comments down below. And do you think that the punishment fit the crime in this case? Years in prison as well as paying major restitution. You let me know. Uh, Nikki MGTV in the chat. What is up, Nikki? Here's what Nikki does. He watches my show, takes the best stories, and then makes his videos based off what I say. I'm going to start throwing in one fake story for every five true stories and see if Nikki takes the bait. No, I'm just kidding. We love Nikki MGTV. Hey, I need to talk to you offline, by the way, about some stuff. Kitty, what is up? Great to see Kitty in the chat. I wonder what tipped them off to investigate him years later. Probably uh, maybe the doctors at the VA reported him. One gram of Sam says, I have friends that can't get coverage and these guys are able to scam their way into getting money, but really it's sad. Yep, that's true. I had a, Eviana had a guy trying to get him to send weird stuff. Don't do it. Do not do it. Don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. Oh, don't do it to yourself. You know, it, it seems like a lifetime ago. Um, it seems like a thousand years ago that the USS Bonham Richard went up in flames and uh, and ceased to be. Ceased to be. out of Wiped out of existence. Sad day. Many friends of mine served on the Bonnie Dick and they had fond fond and not so fond memories of it, for sure, for sure. But no matter what kind of memories you had, it was certainly sad to see that thing burn up into bitty pieces off the pier in San Diego, moored right there in San Diego. 
And he tried to pin it on one guy. And now his day in court has come. Sailors struggle to remember year after Navy warship fire. So is Ryan Sawyer Mays innocent, guilty, or is he going to walk either way? Let me know what you guys think in the comments. But now more than half a dozen former crew members of the USS Bonham Richard testified on the first day of an arson trial, arson being the crime of lighting things on fire, for a young sailor Monday. They described the harrowing chaotic scene as they confronted an inferno on the Navy warship with shoddy equipment. I remember they had so little, such a little amount of firefighting gear that they had to share it and everybody was getting COVID from sharing the masks and they eventually just pulled everyone out and let the ship burn. And they ended up pinning it on 20, now 21-year-old Ryan Sawyer Mays. But the problem is there's very little evidence here. And the people who claim to be witnesses are saying in their own words, they don't have clear memories of what happened that day. It says here, the prosecution has presented no physical evidence proving the 21-year-old sailor set the U.S.'s bottom Richard on fire, something the defense has highlighted. Key witnesses have also changed their stories or their testimonies have contradicted each other. Not good. Maybe he didn't do it. According to prosecutors, Mays was an arrogant, cocky sailor because, you know, he went to Bud's. Like, you didn't even go to Bud's. I mean, he went and quit probably on the first day, but you didn't even go, so you're, you're a POS. I mean, he, did, he really deserved to be a Navy SEAL. Like, he deserved it, and, and they screwed him. And so why, why should he go be on a ship? He's too good for that. We all know people like that, unfortunately. But he went to the deck department as an un deck department as an undesignated seaman after he didn't finish BUDS, Navy SEAL training. So the, uh, the commander, Leah O'Brien, told the judge there, Your Honor, it was a mischievous act of defiance gone wrong. So she's the prosecutor down there in San Diego, as if they're the NCIS and Jags have a great reputation right now. They're saying that this got out of control. This is not, he didn't intend to burn down the entire ship, but that's what happened. And, uh, and, and he, he did do it, but just not on purpose. May's defense counsel, who's a Lieutenant Taylor Haggerty, countered in her opening remarks that the Navy's wrong. It couldn't be. Haggerty said investigators concluded Mays did it before the probe was complete. Uh, basically saying that they, they just made him a scapegoat. Made him a scapegoat uh, and that they don't they never actually had any evidence. But to avoid any uh, you know bad look on their part, they just blamed this kid. So they blamed him before the probe was complete and then ignored evidence and witness accounts that didn't fit into their narrative so they could find a scapegoat for the loss of a billion-dollar ship that was mismanaged by senior officers. I'm going to be honest. That sounds more probable to me than the other alternative. That sounds more likely to me than the alternative, which is this kid set a trash can on fire and the whole ship burned down? Sketch. Sketch. Once investigators pinned the blame on Mays, who was known for being sarcastic and flippant, nothing else mattered. So they once they jumped to the conclusion, well, they had to back up their own conclusion. Where have we seen that before? Oh, I don't know. Denisha Montgomery yesterday. Just because the government eliminates, ignores pieces of evidence, it doesn't mean the court should, it says here. Haggerty told the judge by the end of the trial, which is supposed to last two weeks, you will exonerate this sailor and find him not guilty of both charges. Mays, you see him walking around there with that red restriction card on his uh, jacket, he, on his, uh, his, his dress whites top there. He has been uh, probably on restriction for the last year and a half or whatever and holding unit TPU or whatever it is, um, awaiting trial. And that is just uh, sucks for him. He is charged with aggravated arson and willful hazarding of a vessel. 
He denies it. He does say that he's innocent. I'm innocent, Your Honor. We'll see. We'll see. 60 people on board during that fire were treated for heat exhaustion, smoke inhalation, and minor injuries. The Navy warship's former fire marshal became emotional Monday when asked by the prosecution to recall what he did that day. He said, I'm still trying to work through this in therapy myself, Petty Officer Jeffrey Garvin said. I apologize. I can't remember a lot. Wow, wow, wow. Defense lawyers say, here's what they say. Investigators brushed aside the fact that lithium batteries were stored next to highly combustible materials such as cardboard boxes in violation of ship protocol. In my personal, in my personal experience, lithium batteries explode. All right. I'll tell you that. Lithium batteries, especially ones procured by the military, do explode. I've dealt with lithium battery fires myself. And uh, and I can tell you, I've seen it with my own eyes. The prosecution said one sailor told investigators he saw Mays go down to the ship's lower vehicle storage area before the fire broke out there, while another sailor who escorted Mays to the brig said she overheard Mays say he did it. The defense said he was being sarcastic after denying any wrongdoing over 10 hours of questioning by investigators. So that's why you got to, you know, remain silent, right? You're right to remain silent. Don't say something stupid like, oh, yeah, I totally did it, man. <laughs> I burnt down. Yeah, I burnt down the bottom Richard. <laughs> Bruh. That's that's where you go into the. Yeah, I have something to tell you. I am reporting. I am a secret person and I am reporting. Maze did not do it. I did it. Well, I wonder who that was. I wonder who that, whoever, I mean, that's breaking news, guys, right here on the Scuttlebutt Show. Somebody just called in saying it was actually them who did it. So, you know, now we should just dismiss this case, I guess. Uh, I don't know. That's, you, you heard it here first, folks. That's why you don't run your mouth about stuff like that. That's why you don't go saying dumb stuff. When people read you your rights and say you have the right to remain silent, better to do so. Better to do so, folks. But had he been Mirandized at that point? I don't know. Several crew members testified Monday that the lower vehicle storage area was filled with bottles, tools, generators, tractors, and other equipment while the ship was undergoing a $250 million upgrade. So they were in, in kind of in the yards, if you will. And they were in a contracting period. Navy leaders disciplined more than 20 senior officials and sailors with this uh, leadership failure that contributed to the disaster. So it was probably what the Navy would call the Swiss cheese model, right? That's where, you know, on the top layer of Swiss cheese, you've got one hole, but maybe the next layer, which does have holes, it, it stops it right there. But if all the holes in the Swiss cheese line up, you can have catastrophe, which is what you had here. Investigators said May set the fire, a Navy report last year, concluded that the inferno was preventable and unacceptable. Of course, it should have been preventable. Of course, it should have been preventable. How could, and no fire. We've talked about this before. Ships take battle damage. They take torpedoes and airstrikes and kamikaze planes and don't sink and don't get destroyed. But a little, they're saying that this kid set a little fire in a trash can and burnt down the, the bottom Richard. And, and our military is supposed to be the strongest in the world. That's a one in a million shot right there. That's some Luke Skywalker move right there. I'll tell you that. There are questions about the identification of the people in the vicinity of the fire and possible causes other than arson, he said in an email to the AP. Moreover, the conflagration and firefighting efforts damaged, if not destroyed, the crime scene and crucial evidence. So are they going to end up convicting this guy? I'm going to say it's up in the air, folks. It is up in the air. Will a jury find this guy guilty of being a arsonist? Did the arsonist have oddly shaped feet or not? I don't know. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think in the comments section down below. Could be. It really could be. Um, but we'll see. We will see.
<sighs> could be, couldn't be, could be, couldn't be, could be, or couldn't be. We'll see. It all rhymes. It all rhymes. That's, uh, that's how you know you're innocent. If it rhymes, you're innocent. That's what they said. Yesterday, we talked about Denisha Montgomery. A couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we talked about the barracks in Korea being moldy. Moldy, moldy, moldy. Not good. Not livable in Korea out there. Those Air Force barracks, moldy as heck. We've talked about all these issues with recruiting and, uh, and lifestyle across the Army. The Secretary of the Army herself comes out and says, you know, in fact, there are no problems. There's just, there are no real problems. There's just bad press. What a sleazeball. What a sleazeball the Secretary of the Army is. Because now we've got this. Mold. Consuming Fort Stewart's barracks as a pattern emerges across the Army. Moldy, 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 moldy. After a long mission in Europe, a soldier returned to his Fort Stewart barracks, only discover mold completely consumed his room. Look at these photos here. Everything you're seeing in these photos on the walls, on the ceilings, mold. Not good, not healthy, not safe, nothing, and it'll destroy all your stuff. Broken air conditioners in the sweltering, humid Georgia heat, poor ventilation, keyword there, poor ventilation, and little to no barracks maintenance have created a decades-long breeding ground for mold, which soldiers repeatedly try to clean to no avail. Of course, it's the soldier's fault. This is the reason a lot of us are getting out. The soldier who found his room blanketed in mold and is leaving the army said, we can't live like this. It's up to junior soldiers to get this stuff out to the press or on social media, and that's the only way senior leaders are going to know they failed. Very true. I agree completely. Here's another photo here down the hallway. Everywhere you look across the ceiling, dangerous, disgusting mold. The barracks, halls, and doors will suddenly appear painted black with mold. They describe the walls and, and doors and everything as painted with mold. Military.com spoke with more than 20 soldiers, mostly junior enlisted, but also commanders and NCOs, all of them anonymously, who confirmed that they are living in these abysmal conditions. They're saying senior leaders are blasting platoon-level NCOs for not being harder on their soldiers to clean. Disgusting. That's disgusting to me. Senior leaders yelling at the troops that they're just not cleaning enough. How stupid do you think these people are? Do you think they want to live in mold-infested barracks and if they, if they just cleaned it one time, it'll just be all good? Of course not. There's infrastructure issues in these barrackses that have been ignored and the bureaucratic red tape of trying to get anything done funding-wise is just too much and so they don't do anything and they expect people to shut up and just die of emphysema, I guess. Oh, man. It says here that these NCOs are telling young soldiers to buy their own cleaning and protective supplies to scrub the mold, stretching their already thin paychecks. The, the services arm in charge of maintaining facilities on post almost never responded to problematic living conditions. You all know you've been there. You report it. It says trouble ticket. You, you get a little piece of paper that says trouble ticket number, and then they just never do anything about it. And that's it. Hey, yeah, we know we, we have the trouble ticket. All right, so you know this is going on, right? Yeah. All right, when are you coming to fix it? Thank you for calling. That's that's what you get. Officials at Fort Stewart have no plans to relocate soldiers. Maybe after this, uh, maybe after this story, they will. Units will have to wait more than a decade for new dorms that are less likely to become a breeding ground for mold because these ones currently are. Exposure to mold can cause a lot of health issues, from mild to severe. A World Health Organization study found a link between mold exposure and memory loss, lethargy, and the development of asthma in children. Mold can make someone susceptible to more severe allergies and allergic reactions. 
Army officials declined to make any senior service leaders available to discuss the mold issue because, yeah, just deny, 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 counter-accuse. That's like, it's a joke. Deny, 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 counter-accuse is a joke, but it's become real life. Satire has become reality. Now that the, the commanders, the colonels, the generals are just like, well, it's those idiot kids' fault for not cleaning more. So they order them to what? Clean every day. And if that's not enough, then it's just their fault. That's what it says here. It says, after military.com began asking questions, garrison leaders at Fort Stewart launched Operation Eradicate Mold, OEM. That's great. That's genius. Which tasks soldiers to clean mold every other day from 11 a.m. 11 a.m. to noon. That's coming from a memo and text messages reviewed by military.com. So that's true. Platoon level NCOs are then expected to inspect the rooms. And that the Sergeant Major of the Army, Michael Grinston, and Army Secretary Christine Wormuth inspected the barracks on Fort Benning on Tuesday. So that's good. Just go somewhere else, I guess, and check those and then just say it's all good. It says, we can clean all day, but this mold is going to grow back. One staff sergeant at Fort Stewart said, this isn't because my guys left a pizza box out for too long. This is an actual infrastructure issue. Yeah, you can't get, you can't get this kind of level of mold. It's a combination of factors, right? It's humidity and it's lack of ventilation. It's lack of environmental control. When I lived in Japan, we had these major mold issues. So you had to clean your vents. You had to keep your place uh, with the air conditioner on, climate controlled. If you keep it hot and uh, and and have that high level of moisture in there, you're going to get those are mold growing conditions. It's not the soldier's fault. They, what can you do? You could clean every spore every day and you're going to get mold the next day when you have those kinds of conditions. Of course, uh, Everyone knows that, I feel like. Soldiers often need to file complaints with Congress, the Army Secretary, or the press, but especially the press. The culture of the military is hardship breeds character, she added, noting that complaints from junior enlisted soldiers are rarely taken seriously and that troops often fall under leaders who lived in similarly bad conditions and have either forgotten about the experience or believe others should just live in the same conditions. And I will tell you from posting stuff on TikTok and listening to old vets Talk about back in my day. It's true. They say back in my day, you know, we had, uh, we had, when I was in Iraq, it was even worse. So screw these guys. They should just die there. And it's insane. It's insane. I'll tell you what, eventually they're going to connect health issues to these moldy places and they're going to end up paying these troops more out in VA healthcare than they ever would from just repairing the barracks. But they're saying now, it's a problem that's been ignored so long that even updating the HVAC system, the, the air conditioning, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning isn't enough. They probably have let it go so far that they actually need whole new buildings. I think they do. I think that the troops deserve it. I think they should do all of this stuff that is necessary to, uh, to repair this sort of um, living conditions. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So... You know, the article goes on to talk a lot more about uh, uh, the situation down in Fort Stewart, but it's I just want to show you guys some more of these pictures. Uh, it's it's all seems to be true. It all seems to be accurate. This is what's happening down in Fort Stewart. Um, they are not things are not getting any better and people are not taking them seriously. So. They describe the rooms as painted with mold. Fort Stewart soldiers interviewed said their company level leadership is often sympathetic, but that they don't, uh, that even though they're sympathetic, they don't have the capability to fix the problem. They would buy bleach, gloves, other cleaning supplies, and, or get it from public works uh, and then try to clean their own rooms. One NCO detailed the barracks their soldiers live in as looking like it's painted with mold. The door, walls and doors are completely covered. 
When I first moved here originally, I noticed the mold. It kept growing. I kept cleaning it, and it kept coming back, and it got worse and worse at a point where it is today, the NCO said. All we get told is put in work orders, and those work orders are not helpful. It says here they would go, the work orders, here's what was happening with those. They have a 10-person staff over at Public Works. They're in charge of maintaining the facilities. The NCO and all their soldiers interviewed could not think of a single anecdote in which the Public Works performed mold mitigation. Sometimes uh, they... That includes removing parts of the ceilings and walls. In virtually all cases, soldiers were told their mold issue was not categorized as a priority. They just need to clean it themselves. A DPW worker came into the room with basically a hazmat suit on, respirator, the whole white getup, one junior infantry officer, uh, soldier said, and described the mold issue being inspected. They're like, yeah, that's pretty bad. You should clean this up and left. That's what they're dealing with out there. Yep, it's true. You better get to cleaning. Says the army has a plan in terms of how things are budgeted and it's working out. We have a responsibility to make sure soldiers have everything they need, and I think we're getting after it. Is that true? Do you think that the army cares? Do you think that anybody in the military cares about these moldy barracks and conditions that people are living in? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no, because you're seeing it all over the world, all these different bases. Everything's getting worse and worse. 73 soldiers killed on Fort Bragg. Fort Hood, don't even get me started. Everything's just falling apart. Uh, it doesn't look good. It does not look good at all. So let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below. And what should these soldiers get in return for their living in mold? Should they get VA disability? Should they get uh, presumptions of asthma and sleep issues and allergies and all this stuff? Should they be moved out into civilian living facilities like hotels or, uh, or apartments? What should happen? You let me know in the comment section down below. You let me know. You tell me. You tell me. What is up, AN? Welcome to the conversation. Nikki says, Max saw I made a video on this and then covered it. <laughs> Trying to flip the script. Deny, 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 counter accused. That's right. This is stupid, Sam says. They don't want to re-enlist. I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Semper Fi, Captain and Grumpy Cat. Haven't seen you men in a while. Yes. Definitely VA disability, at least recorded. Yes, I agree. They should get letters of exposure. At, at the very minimum, these uh, troops should be getting letters of exposure for their healthcare records so that they can, in the future, um, make good VA disability claims. Oh, man. You know, I'll tell you what. We're moving into dark territory here. You thought that the last story was sad. I'm really going to bring you guys now now, but I'm going to bring you back up. Okay, I'm going to bring you back up. I've got a horrible story that we have to cover. The reason a lot of you guys are here today... Um, I'm sorry to be the one to bring this to you. Highly controversial Iraq war shooter six days in Fallujah delayed into 2023. That's what people are saying. This is from Gaming Bible. Apparently, the controversial shooter six days in Fallujah has been pushed from its current release window, which was December 2022, into 2023, according to an industry insider. It says... The insider said that Six Days in Fluja is needing more time and resources than previously thought in order to guarantee that Highwire Games meets its own expectations for quality. The official news of the delay will come before the end of the year. And as this is unconfirmed, we'll have to wait and see if Highwire Games and Victoria issues an actual announcement. We had this before. We covered a story just like this about the original delay that pushed it a year. That came true. Now we've waited a year. And are they going to delay it another year? I... I think maybe so. My gut is telling me so. The game's supposed to come out in two months, and uh, there's no alpha, there's no beta, there's no new gameplay that we've seen. That's not a good sign. 
Six days in Fallujah, probably getting pushed into 2023. I can definitely see that as being true. I do have contacts over there at Highwire. They have not been reaching out or anything about getting an early alpha play so that you know influencers can start talking about the game, nothing like that. My gut instinct on this, what, what my feelings are, is that this game's going to get delayed probably another year. So don't get your hopes up. Don't get your Steam account uh, fired up anytime soon for six days in Fallujah. But what a lot of people have told me online is they don't care how long it takes as long as it's great. And a lot of people are supporting this company and this game. So hopefully when it is ready, when the time does come, when people do get their hands on this, it is really paying tribute to those who fought in Fallujah. So six days in Fallujah. We'll keep covering this. Any more updates on it, I'll let you guys know. As of right now, it looks like it's getting pushed into 2023. Super big bummer there, I know, for a lot of people. Um, everyone's waiting for that game. Sam says, I have high expectations now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. MC, what's up? Great to see you. If I missed anybody in the chat there, I hope you're doing great. I hope everyone's doing great out there. Um, Nuggets, what's up? Big day today. Big day. I posted it already earlier, but we're going to dig it. We're going to really dig in now. The Space Force. Ooh, the Space Force. Back in the news for an interesting reason. Space Force unveiled its original service song, Military.com, declaring it is not, in fact, a banger. But we'll see. We'll come to it. We'll decide together. The Space Force has finally announced an official song three years after their formation. Chief of Space Operations, which it's almost impossible to say that with a straight face, John J. Raymond unveiled the song titled Semper Supra, which is the service's motto, which means always above, which is I feel like how they think of themselves as just like, you know, pinky up. They are the fancy ones. In fact, let's not forget, before we get too far into the Air Force's, I mean, the Space Force's official song here, the Space Force officially canceled PT. There are no PT standards for the Space Force. Once you graduate boot camp, they issue you a Fitbit. This is what they said they're going to do. They're going to issue you a Fitbit, and as long as you're getting your steps in, they're not going to test your PT. These are the fancy ones. These are the fancy ones. So we're going to get into here. We're going to watch a video, and we are going to uh, react to the Space Force song. The person responsible here, Senior Airman Jamie Tichenor, a member of the Air Force Band in Colorado Springs, who has made songs, uh, who has recorded many songs, uh, or who has contributed to the recording of many songs by artists such as Luke Bryan, Trace Atkins, Montgomery Gentry, so country music stars, texted Raymond and Chief Master Sergeant of Space Force Roger Toberman that he wanted to be involved in crafting a song, and they let him. So they took a, a senior airman and said, hey, this is your go. You take this and run with it, and you make the song. And he did it. He did it. So let's see. Let's react to this video from the Space Force announcing the official song. First of all, we wanted a song that spoke to our guardians, that brought to life our motto, Semper Super, always above. And I, I got a text from a gentleman named Jamie Teachner. Jamie was a Nashville singer-songwriter and who decided he wanted to give back to his country and joined uh, the Air Force and joined the Air Force Band in Colorado Springs. And he supported us when we were Air Force Space Command. And he wrote this song. I put together things that from reading, you know, white papers and speaking with General Raymond and Chief Toberman. And so it was quite a long work in progress uh, for a while because I wanted to make sure that everything that was in the song would adequately represent 
all the capabilities that our Space Force uh, is involved with and make sure I didn't mess up on the mission or the vision of what the Space Force does. When that Which song nobody... came in, it also needed to be arranged. Does anybody know the vision or what the Space Force does? Uh, we'll see if he, we'll keep that in mind. And when we listen to the song, we'll see if he captures it. It needed to have the big musical score like all the other, all the other uh, songs of the service songs have. And so we reached out to composers that they had worked with. And there was a gentleman named Sean Nelson, who is a member of the Coast Guard Band up in Connecticut. And uh, he worked uh, just a masterful arrangement uh, to, uh, to this song. And it all comes together into something that I hope uh, guardians around the world will be proud of. I went for it and I, I did what I thought was, was gonna be the, the most exciting uh, kind of sounds. And it seemed to have worked. When I heard that, uh, it was kind of the glue that brought all the three pieces, words, music, and the arrangement together. And I thought, uh, we've got something that we can be proud of. All right, we're, going, we're now going to listen to, this is the official, the real deal, the Space Force song. This is what space cadets are going to be singing as they march in space boot camp from class to class. Let's see. Let's let's hear it. Folks, do you feel that inspiration? Do you feel like you're ready to dominate space? Me either. I'm not either. I don't know. I mean, it's fine, I guess. It's no Marine Corps hymn. It's no Anchors Away. It's no, what's the Army song? Is it Hua Hua Hua? Hua Hua Hua. I think it's the, I think the Army just basically did like the Super Mario theme and they were like Hua Hua Hua. Ooh, 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 uh, uh, uh. Hoo, hoo, hoo. I think that's the army one. And then the air force has a pretty good song too. Actually, I really like the, the space. I mean, I really like the air force song. Um, it's actually kind of badass. And then here comes the space force with a, hmm. they went old school. The lyrics are, are like on the nose, I would say, um, but hey, you know what? They're they're, fi they're finding their feet. They are finding their feet. Shout out to Teachner, the the guy who was writing songs for Nashville major recording artists and decided to join the Air Force uh, Air, and Air Force and then subsequently support the Space Force. Great, G good for you. I'm proud of you. Thank you for your service and your contribution to this country and all the great songs that you've given us that I probably listen to when I'm driving down the road in my car. Space Force, don't you know? Don't feel like you have to keep this one for the next 300 years, all right? You don't. You could you could keep doing it. You could keep working on it. You can modernize it. You could drop it to a fat beat or get the Ying Yang twins out there to work on it. I don't know. You could do some more stuff. You don't have to stop. You do not have to stop there. Strive for space. This is space music, all right? Keep going.
Keep the push on. Good, good song. Good job. You've got a song. Keep going. And I hope, did you guys fix the pants yet? Didn't, weren't the, weren't the Space Force pants like backwards? I'm like, let, let's go. Let, let's, let's really dial some stuff in. Take your time. Slow down. Take your time. Get it perfect. Get the Island Boys. Get the Island Boys on it. Get them on Cameo. Maybe I should do that. All right. Stay tuned for the Island Boys writing the Space Force song. Coming at you soon. Let me know what you guys think about this so far in the comment section. Oh, my goodness. Yep. That's, uh, that is, that is something. All right, guys, one more story for you today, and I'm going to get you out of here on your way, having a fantastic Tuesday. Tuesday's a great day, right? Tuesday's a pretty good day. So I'm going to let you guys get out of here. After this, we've got a movie coming out overseas, from overseas. Um, it might be kind of interesting. Let's check it out, do a little reaction to this trailer, and I'm going to get you guys out of here. Wolfpack, new movie, a military doctor infiltrates a mercenary group and uncovers a global plot. Certainly a compelling uh, synopsis there. It looks like while seeking answers about his father's suspicious death, a tactically trained military physician played by Max Jong infiltrates a mercenary group and soon uncovers a dangerous international conspiracy that could threaten the lives of millions of civilians. Let's check it out. It's coming to the U.S. theaters through a company called Will Go USA Entertainment on September 30th. So in about two weeks, you can go watch this movie and you can let me know if you think that this looks good. I mean, if your military has doctors like this, then yeah, I'd be uh, I'd be showing a little bit of respect to you. Let's check out this trailer. Chowada 有顶中方线有援军 Whoa, that looks pretty intense. What did you guys think about that? I love a good knife fight. And what's that guy's name? That American guy who's in like all these overseas movies and are about to like do that knife fight thing where they inch their feet towards each other and then do the the whole martial arts, you know, choreographed knife fight thing. Um, yeah, you know, check it out. Might be good. Might be interesting. Like I said, if your military has doctors like that, then I don't want to see your infantry. That's pretty cool. I'll, I'll say that. I don't know if this, I don't know what the deal is with this, um, with this movie, uh, what to think about it as far as um, if it's got any sort of weird propaganda or anything like that. I have no idea, but it looked interesting when I saw a military doctor infiltrates mercenary group and uncovers a global plot. I thought it'd be worth checking out. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below. One Grandma Sam says, pretty much the next Saving Private Ryan. I love that. I think you're spot on. Spot on, Sam. Spot on. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today. Crazy stuff coming out of the Army. 
stay tuned to Nikki MGTV's channel. If you guys aren't following Nikki MGTV, go over there and check that out. He's got some big stuff coming up with the Army. Hopefully, he keeps it real and goes hard in the paint. Um, I certainly hope he does. That's what I would do if I was him. Uh, really, really, really rep for the people in the moldy barracks, the victims of violent crime, the cover-up of, potential cover-up of Denisha Montgomery, all that's the Army Secretary saying the Army's number one problem is bad press, not any actual problems. There's a lot to, to, to challenge the Army on right now, it certainly feels like. And I'm saying this, you know, people might wonder, Max, why do you care about the Army? Why do you care about the military? You're a civilian now. Why do you care about talking trash about the, the Marine Corps, for example? And I'm like, look, all right, because I think about that too. Why do I? Who am I? Who am I? You know, my wife's in the military. I'm going to have kids one day. I, I want to want my kids to join the military. All of my best friends are in the military, retired or prior service. I want to see things get better. And, I, and, and honestly, I would shut up if one thing, just one thing would happen. And its leaders start acknowledging some tough truths. If if real leaders, people with real power and influence, started to acknowledge some of these real tough truths going on out there, talking about things that we all obviously know are true. Why is there so? Why are there so many gangs in the army? Why is there a soldier beheaded and nobody's been brought to justice? Why is the army declaring a soldier suicide in in Germany and then saying, "Well, hold on, it's actually under investigation." After the news gets a hold of it, why is all this stuff, why is the withdrawal of Afghanistan just kind of being brushed under the rug? Why is all this stuff happening? If leaders took a serious stand and acknowledged these issues, I would shut up. I'd probably delete my YouTube channel. But that's not where we're at right now. Where we're at is all these things are going on, all these problems exist, and they're totally ignored. And I don't want to see anybody's family, friends, loved ones end up just like some of these other victims that we cover on this show. That's my greatest fear. And I'm going to keep talking about it and drawing attention to these issues best as I can. And I don't know what's going to happen or, or, or what the ultimate result of that'll be, but I'm not going to stop doing what I think is important and what I think is right. So with all that being said, thank you guys for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you all have a great Tuesday. What a wild day. What a wild episode of the Scuttlebush Show. I look forward to talking to you guys all very soon. For now... That, folks, is the scuttlebutt.